You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 53, I continue my conversation with guests Sharon Goldsteinberg and Karen Lund of The Resource Therapist, and we'll be discussing moment-to-moment self-care practices to protect against burnout. I spoke with Sharon and Karen last week in episode 52 about empathy and compassion fatigue, so I encourage you to listen to that episode first before digging in here. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined again today by Karen Lund and Sharon Goldsteinberg of The Resource Therapist. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about moment-to-moment self-care practices to prevent burnout. And so we'll do a short little, I know that you shared last week, but let us know a little bit about The Resource Therapist, and then we'll jump into today's topic. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're so happy to be back. Yeah. So the resource therapist is um, co-created by Sharon and me, and we help therapists and allied healers sustain meaningful, resilient careers. So we do this by providing a number of resources that sort of holistically support um, the therapist as a person and the therapist as a professional. So we have everything from free meditations to self-care classes to continuing education courses focused on clinical skills. Perfect. Yeah, I know that this is a a much needed area that we're covering. And I know last week talking about the difference between empathy and compassion fatigue, and that was just really fascinating and how therapists, um, you know, might have a, a little, I don't know, a different idea of what that is, or sometimes mix some of the terminology and not completely um, understand where the burnout is coming from. So I encourage everyone to listen to that episode definitely before coming to this one, because today we'll share, you know, once you're understanding some of the things that you're going through, this can be a way to, to help prevent and recover from burnout if you are in that place right now. Yeah. Thank you. And for anyone who didn't listen to that episode, it just bears repeating, I think, that your any feelings of overwhelm or burnout or, you know, feeling some traumatic stress symptoms, it is not your fault. It is a result of being open-hearted and connecting with people who are living through pain and suffering and any vulnerability that we all carry just from living as humans ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect reminder. <laughs> Also, it's been really important to Karen and I, as we've developed resources for therapists and other healers, that we make them uh, nourishing and easy to take in and that don't add to the burden that's already on therapists, that so often we can feel that message of, oh, you're burned out, (coughs) Um, excuse me, like, you just need to do more self-care, you need Mm -hmm. more hours doing cardio and meditation and yoga and spending time in nature and petting dogs. And um, those are all wonderful. We love all those things. And we do think they're, they're helpful, 
but we really have um, tried to be creative about offering guidance and resources that are these moment to moment ones is the term that we've coined for it, that therapists can just in how you take care of yourself as you're working, or if you run an agency, um, how do you take care of the people who work for you as they're working so that we don't add to the burden? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're not adding to the burden because a lot of times when you are feeling burned out, you can get overwhelmed by all of these self-care practices. And it's like, where am I going to find seven extra hours in my week to implement all of these self-care practices? And you feel even more overburdened trying to fit in all the Mm -hmm. self-care practices. So I love that there's Mm -hmm. this moment to moment things that you can do in the moment versus, oh, I need to schedule another hour for this to do my self-care thing this week. Or wait for my next vacation, right? Yeah. We hear a lot of therapists. We both do therapy a lot ourselves and we consult with uh, individual and groups of therapists are telling us, okay, next weekend or when I have a vacation in three months mm-hmm. and they like it, that's like running a marathon and it's too long. Um, yeah. And we really encourage people to be doing things by the hour, by the day, moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even if you have a month long vacation scheduled in the summer, that's yeah. not going to make up for 11 other months of being super busy and stressed out and overworked. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's dive in and give some maybe practical examples and tips of what does moment to moment care look like. And maybe we'll start by just re- revisiting two that we just happened to preview in the last episode. Um, so maybe we can start by thinking about setting an intention that's under your control. So this is from the work of Laura Vandernut Lipsky. And she, you know, I think the, the phrasing is almost exactly like set an intention where you don't feel perpetually like you haven't done enough. And so this is something that can be really quick, but we would invite people to, as your day is beginning or before each session, think about like, what can I actually offer that's under my control and will help me feel like enough? Here's an example. I could say, may I be present? It's not, may I make sure that I have given these four worksheets and really helped like um, untwist whatever cognitive distortions I hear, you know, or may I help everyone who comes in, may this person feel completely better when they leave. Not that anyone is necessarily explicitly thinking those things, but we can be emotionally placing that burden on ourselves within. So yeah, just a shift to like something that really does feel under our control and as if we have done enough in that moment. Um, so I suggested, may I be present? Sharon, do you have another example to share? I think it goes along with that. If even the way we sit in our chair and the way we breathe in a session can uh, help us to feel resourced or depleted. So there's times you you may catch yourself as a therapist on the edge of your chair, leaning in a lot to your client, feeling this kind of forward active energy. Sometimes that's just right for what your client needs and you need to offer. But there are moments where you might observe yourself doing that and offer yourself the experiment of, what if I just sit back in my chair a little bit? What if I feel a little less urgency about what's happening? And I feel my chair has my back. I have some support too, while I am here being present with this person. That that's a little shift that sometimes leaves me much less exhausted at the end of a session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So anyone listening, I'd even say, ask yourself right now, just do a moment check-in. Like, 
if you're sitting, how are you sitting? If you're standing, how are you standing? Is there any way that you could invite a little more ease and groundedness into the body or the breath? It can be that simple and that quick. Can you tap into your own wisdom right now and see what works for you? I love that. It's actually a reminder of me to do that right now because I just found myself <laughs> sitting on the edge of my seat yeah. and I'm like, I'm just inviting myself to yeah. get back a little bit and relax into this. So that's, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the screens leaning forward, shoulders up, you know, just kind of sitting back instead and bringing them down. Feels and Karin, you also taught me early on the practice with your breath in sessions mm -hmm. of that moment of getting overwhelmed or even as a regular practice to just say, I'm breathing in for me, I'm breathing mm -hmm. out for you, in for me, out for you. It's something you can do during sessions. Your client doesn't know you're doing it. And yet it, it helps remember the balance of energy and not just at the end of my day, I have to do something for me, but a breath at a time that inhale is for me. And my yeah. exhale is then for you coming from an even more resource place. Mm -hmm. And what yeah, I'm loving to say, pick... oh, <laughs> no, go ahead. So that's a practice I picked up from the work of um, Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer and their mindful self-compassion curriculum. Um, but I just wanted to take that into another moment of practice for anyone listening. Like, see if you could right now while you're listening to my voice and I'm conceptually talking about self-compassion, if you can in the background tune into your breath and say, like, can you feel your breath into your belly and out from your belly? So it's almost like training our dual awareness. That's that moment to moment piece that I can be present with someone, but also be tuning in. I'm taking a breath in for me. I need more resources right now and out for you. And some of you might be accessing that like, oh, wow, I really can connect to my breath and listen. And if that felt unaccessible right now or inaccessible, know that it can come with practice and time. Like I, you know, had to train myself how to do that, Sharon practiced as well. And you can get there. But that's exactly one of those like in the moment, you don't have to stop what you're doing to take care of yourself. We tune into the breath and breathe in for ourselves, out for another compassion in for me and out for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. We're not postponing taking care of ourselves because so often in our minds, we can be like, Oh, after the session, I'll do some deep breathing right. or when this happens, then I'll do this or, you know, waiting three months for your vacation. There's so many ways right. that we postpone taking care of ourselves and being right. able to realize I can breathe right now while I'm in session mm -hmm. and that, mm -hmm. yeah, I love the breathing in for me and out for mm -hmm. you. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. And what I would say, I'm already breathing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I find so helpful, especially in the last decade or so, when I've learned more somatic resourcing as a tool to bring to therapy is the moments that I'm resourcing my clients, inviting them, how they might shift their breath, how they might shift their body, how they might take in um, moments of mindfulness or meditation in the hour is helping both of us, mm -hmm. right? It's just so um, lovely to know that a lot of the work that we do to resource other people, we do it right along with them. And then that, that resourcing, that compassion too, our mirror neurons are uh, taking in. Um, and I'm also really encouraged by the research that shows that compassion can be a skill that can be trained, right? Like, I mean, I guess we all have to have some natural capacity for it. 
And yet we can learn, like Karen is talking about in the trainings that she's taken with Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer, um, that we can, the more we practice these things, like any skill, the easier it comes to us. Um, and then the research shows that it has these benefits for us um, in terms of uh, stimulating our reward system, helping our immune functioning. Um, that compassion is just so good for our clients and for us. Um, it reminds me also that Gabra Mate, a physician who's a trauma survivor and specializes in the treatment of trauma and addiction, um, speaks forcefully that it's not a lack of compassion or compassion fatigue that gets us. It's too little self-compassion. So we also encourage therapists to be practicing compassion for themselves. Yeah. 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 Thinking about the, um, yeah, the moment to moment self-care are most of these that, that, uh, that you share, are they for whenever therapists are in session or are, are there also examples that you have of moment to moment self-care that's, I don't know, more outside of session or even just when you're at home or are most of them focused on while, because I know that's probably when most of that mm-hmm. in the extreme cases, vicarious trauma can, um, the therapist can be absorbing that. So I think the moment to moment self-care in sessions is super important, but thinking mm-hmm. about uh, moment to moment self-care in general, are there other ways that therapists can practice this outside of session? Absolutely. I think you just said something really important that I want to highlight though, Cindy. So thank you, which is um, that practicing it in session is super important because that's when we are in the moment of exposure and, you know, it's a muscle that we have to build. It's a skill that we want to gain. So um, when I first started trying to learn that dual awareness of like compassion for myself and others, or how can I both be in touch with my breath and my body and doing other things, I practice while preparing food, you know, chopping vegetables or um, prepare while I'm going about my day, like taking care of my daughter. Like, can I both be engaged with what I'm doing, even if it's not something particularly stressful and still connected to my breath. And so just inviting those moments of checking in with Hello again. Can't you? You're muted. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but um, okay, it looks like it's still it hasn't started over. Yeah, it just froze for a minute. And it was during the part I I do remember like the last sentence you said, it was talking about the moment to moment self care, uh, how you could practice it like while you're chopping vegetables or while you're caring for your daughter. And that's kind of where it cut out. So I can, I can edit it to splice that little piece out. So if you just want to, you know, continue with that thought and I'll piece it together. Okay. Do you want me to start from just like answering your question from the beginning? I mean, I can just re-give my answer and then transition over to Sharon. That's what I was, I was in the transition to Sharon when it. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll be perfect. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think, um, 
I think an answer is yes, there are things you can do outside of sessions. But first, I just want to highlight something you said, Cindy, which feels so important, which is, yeah, we really do want to encourage people to think about this moment to moment care as being so important in those moments when we are meeting stress and meeting suffering. So that can happen outside of session, of course. But for those of us engaged in this healing work of therapy, it's happening during session a lot. So I think of times outside session and particularly non-stressful moments or lower stress moments as times to really train that dual awareness. Like, can I be doing what I'm doing, but also attending to how I'm breathing, standing, or giving myself a kind message? So I might try to practice belly breathing while I'm chopping my vegetables or paying attention to my posture while I'm caring for my daughter. Um, And those are ways, you know, that I give myself opportunities of practice. So I'm not just in the moment in therapy, like, ah, how can I both attend to what's happening? I'm getting activated in my stress system. It's making me focus externally on what's causing these emotions and I'm losing touch with myself. Um, So I, I would definitely say that this is something to think about outside of the workday as well. But another way to answer your question, and maybe I'll let Sharon describe this practice in a bit more detail, is another way that we talk about moment-to-moment self-care is really thinking about the transitions we make. And so one transition in particular is when we are ending our workday, sort of transitioning to whatever is happening after work. So Sharon, I'll I'll let you take it away there. Yeah, because I think as part of the moment-to-moment self-care is how to be in the moment when we're not at work. And how to leave work behind because with vicarious trauma, with burnout, we know that the biggest risk factor is exposure. And so one of the ways to limit exposure is to practice leaving work behind when the workday is done or even between sessions. And um, because we tend to carry the stress of the day still in our body And we may tend to mentally rehearse what's been stressful in our day when our workday is over. And then those mental rehearsals increase our exposure. If we heard something upsetting one time, that's one exposure. And if we've replayed it in our mind or talked to people about it 25 times, we've now had 26 exposures. So we also really believe in being in the moment when you're done with work, marking that that end of work, whether that's changing your clothes or just taking, even if you're working at home, you know, going and walking around the block, giving yourself a little commute and coming back in. Um, We also teach a number of ways to do this. One that I learned last um, episode, I mentioned Jackie Burke, a psychologist in Australia, who I first learned about vicarious trauma from and her uh, center there uh, that treats sexual assault. She implemented where someone going off their shift debriefs with somebody coming fresh on their shift for about 10 minutes with the intention of leaving the day behind. And so the person coming on asked the person leaving their shift three questions. What impacted you today? How is it impacting you? Like a mindful scanning of how it's impacting you and what do you need to make it okay right now? Not how to solve sexual assault in Australia, but what do you need with what you heard today? You know, do you need a hug from someone in your life or a pet when you go home? Do you need to go celebrate the beauty of nature? Do you need to sign up for some more supervision? You know, like what do you need? And and the person's encouraged who's debriefing not to give all the graphic details because that would be another exposure for the person listening, but at least to name the category of what's upsetting them. 
And then Karin and I add to that question because we do this in every Friday release class and teach this in every one of our resilience workshops is what's a meaningful moment you can savor? Because we can shift where our brain's awareness is on purpose from what's been stressful to uh, what inspires us. And we think that that's really helpful to balance any of our trauma or burnout exposures with our awareness of what is beautiful and nourishing in the world, in our work and in the world, uh, really helps to balance the exposures of our mind. Um, and I think, too, you know, one of the resources we offer are meditations designed by therapists, us, for therapists, um, that are meant to be used before your day to kind of set some of those intentions and come into a healing presence between your sessions, whether you need to let go of traumatic activation or take in some joy and energy or more compassion for yourself or your clients, or we have one for the end of the day, you know, how to leave your day behind, um, because those are ways that we believe you can bring some of that, that they don't have to take very long. Some of our meditations are two or three minutes, some are 20 minutes um, to be taking care of yourself outside of session. Yeah. I love that you offer those and thinking about maybe a really short meditation at the end of the day could be the difference between leaving right. that behind and not. So yeah, I think therapists owe it to themselves to at least spend a few minutes, even if it is, even that if that's all you got, you know, three to five minutes at the end of the day to have that transition, because yeah, like you said, transitions are so important and it can be really easy to just replay things over our heads uh, or through our heads and still feel things in our body and not have any type of release for that. And it just stays with us. So I think these are wonderful resources. We also really love the book Burnout by Amelia and Emily Nagoski and learn from there the importance of completing the stress cycle. We need not just to deal with the stressors that we face, but we need to complete the cycle in our body. And so they uh, encourage people just to shake it out, to spend five to 15 minutes, just shake in various parts of your body on purpose or through exercise or laughter or a good cry or an artistic creative endeavor. It's really important to release it physically. Yeah. And I think these moment to moment self-care, like we're talking about there, they are kind of shorter things. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's something that you cannot fit into your day or that it's going to be an added stressor. So I think these are perfect for busy therapists that, uh, you know, don't always have time, like I said, to implement all the self-care things like joining the gym and then going to do this and doing this, that takes an hour and cooking really fresh meals. And so there's so many things that can feel like a, like a, an additional burden when you are trying to take care of yourself. So being able to, uh, to have a couple minutes to shake it out or listen to a guided meditation can be really powerful, especially if it's something that you're implementing on the regular. I really like, um, Deb Dana's work on the polyvagal theory and therapy too, and how she encourages people to have, create a playlist for themselves of songs that can help them shift different nervous system gears. So I could also imagine having an end of work playlist, Um, some of which, depending on what you need, like some days you might need to shake it out, dance it out for a song and have a really energetic release. And some days you might need just something that's very heart opening and soothing, Mm -hmm. but the choice of what music we play, what media we expose ourselves to and paying attention to how that uh, replenishes us is really important. 
Yeah. I like the idea of the end of day playlist. Cause if you do commute, you can listen to it on your way home. Or if you're right. working from home, like you said, maybe you can put your earbuds in and go for a walk around the neighborhood while you listen to that playlist. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's wonderful mm-hmm. to incorporate music into it and having specific playlists for whatever you need that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing that particularly in moments of high overwhelm, you know, we've been working for many, many months now in a high stress time is we tend to, as Sharon mentioned, maybe get stuck on that. We can ruminate a little bit or we can start to tune in. Of course, this is just how we're wired. We start to tune in more and more and more to what is negative and wrong. So something that can take a very brief moment of time is just encouraging ourselves to seek joy. So whether that's reviewing a meaningful moment, forcing yourself to laugh on purpose, to smile, Um, it's almost a form of like behavior activation in a way of like your body, if you laugh on purpose, doesn't really know whether something was actually funny, you're still getting the same benefit. And so really inviting yourself to just think about like, how can I invite a moment of joy to remind my whole self? So not just my mind, but reminding my body and my nervous system and my spirit that there is joy and light and good in the world. So really being um, intentional with how we steward our attention toward what is going well toward healing that is happening. And we can absolutely pick on those moments through, pick up those moments throughout the day at work. And we can also see it outside of us. Like, you know, the joy of a puppy, the sun is shining today where we are. And that is incredible to see Um, all the way to just like really trying to listen with something sort of funny on that show I was watching. Okay, I'll go ahead and laugh. That was that was enough. Cross the threshold. I'm going to get some laughter in my life right now. (laughs) And I think the nature of the news cycle and social media is I often feel like they're choosing for us our media exposure, you know, by rewarding us for what we look at, but that's often high emotionality, high stress. And it's so the difference between therapy sessions, it's so easy to say, oh, I'm just going to check social media for a minute, or I have to see what's happening on the news and how that can set your alarms off. And the difference of intentionally saying, I'm going to stretch and look out the window, or I'm going to go to a YouTube video of a you know puppy doing something silly or a baby laughing choosing on purpose where we go instead of these forces bigger than us that are trying to direct our attention so they can get advertising dollars, Mm -hmm. um, I think is really important. And those small moment to moment choices, you may be looking at media anyway. So how do you stop and say, what would really serve me? Is it my, is it my playlist or something that will make me laugh or even something that's poignant that will help me move through grief I'm feeling? Mm -hmm. Um, is really different than just what social media has in store for you. Yeah. Yeah, And the funny cat videos do it for me. So that can always (laughs) make me laugh. (laughs) But I think an important takeaway is that we don't have to wait on self-care and it doesn't have to be a big to-do. It can be little moments throughout the day. And that's really what I think is Mm -hmm. going to uh, prevent and, and treat burnout. Mm-hmm. I think it really is like staying hydrated. Mm-hmm. Like we can't put off for days drinking water. We shouldn't probably even wait till the end of the work day, you know, but to be taking little sips throughout the day. We, Karen and I often joke about like how many beverages therapists might have to nourish themselves. <laughs> during the day. I think those are great choices, how to have yeah. the aromas and the warmth or the coolness and, and just to take care of your body. Again, you're going to be needing to drink sometime in the day. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's a great, you got to sip all day long. I think that's a great metaphor with the water because that is almost like, you know, if you drink too much water, you can die as well. If you just (laughs) drink gallons at a time. So that's kind (laughs) of like that big vacation at the end of the year that you've just been waiting all year for, and that's going to be your self-care. Like it's, it's not going to be as helpful as you think it is. (laughs) And I think everything we're saying, you know, just could apply, I think to any therapist or healer or helper, but even more so Mm -hmm. for your audience, Cindy, you know, for people who are highly sensitive, uh, or have these big empathic capacities, even more important, we work, we're our own instrument and you have to know your own instrument well and just take beautiful care of it to use it in the service of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. Um, thank you so much again. Like this is information that therapists really need to know and take to heart uh, because I feel like most of us have been or are in a cycle of burnout, especially uh, like we've talked about the past yeah. couple of years, it's been really difficult. So um, yeah, the what y'all provide is much needed. So why don't you share a little bit about how people can find out about you, connect with these beautiful resources that you have for therapists? Sure. I'll just start by highlighting two of our um, free resources, and then we'll let Sharon jump in too. So one that I would like to highlight is our Empathy with Equanimity download, because it just lists out some practical ways to think about how can you empathically resonate, which we use as a therapeutic tool, while also protecting yourself. So that's um, available as a free download on our website, resourcetherapist.com. And um, Sharon and I also send out one of our most beloved resources is our weekly Dear Healer email. So that comes every Monday morning to therapist inbox. And it's just like a little letter of wisdom and loving kindness, sometimes about clinical practice, sometimes about person as therapist, and just like a a sweet little note to start the week. And then we also offer a variety of workshops. Some of them are recorded and people can do as a self-paced video class. A number of those resources now are on trauma treatment, which often people find to be hard cases, understandably. But we also offer um, usually a couple of times a year, a resilience workshop uh, for therapists or other healers. And we're available to be hired to do workshops too, if an organization wanted wants to bring us in, whether that's for mental health people or uh, people in other kinds of helping professions um, that we've found those really gratifying to do that we'll design that specifically for the needs of that group. And it's wonderful to spend a couple hours with people where we normalize this for them and give them some tools to help. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I think every organization needs that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate you. And um, yeah, I know that the, the audience is going to get great benefit from this and you really are helping a lot of people with what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. We're very, very honored to be here. So thank you. We are. Thank you for what you do too, Cindy. And, uh, you know, we end all our groups with the affirmation for people that we wish you good healing wish that for you and your audience. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 54, I'll be talking about a deep work and rest week, what it is, why you should consider it for yourself, and how it has positively impacted my business and life. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. 
If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.